You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey, hey, it's Capel. It's Bad Albert. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. We're winging it tonight. Glad to have y'all. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. Oh, I'm Seth. I'm what's a mushmouth or whatever his name is. Hmm. Oh, so, Cliff, that... you're not going to make it to the Galactic Star Cruiser Motel, are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm a little distraught about that myself because I, I... Were we all just waiting, hoping someday the yeah. price would go down? Or I was kind of, you know, I didn't know if the price would ever feasible. go down, but I thought I might splurge sometime like and do it. Like, it, it looked yeah. cool enough. I would like to try it. I was like, you know what? Just me and Nick, just freaking do it. And then, but then now there's no chance. No chance. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you could still go. I mean, we have the summer, but, but yes, uh, Disney. Well, I has, assume, are they not booked up through the summer? Uh, no. That, that's <laughs> why it's closing. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I thought Disney... people were to go, going. <laughs> no. Um, they've been, uh, there was a, uh, just recently a big push where they were giving free partial trips to a bunch of vloggers and media. Um, you get a portion. Pretty much uh, for free. That's, that is your favorite movie pool. <laughs> it works every time. It's good. It works. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I never get well, never if, gets old. If I could use my Punky Brewster impression more <laughs> yeah, often, I'd do that. We'll say, we'll say, yeah, we'll say. But that doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. That threw me off. Uh yeah so yes the they're the final vo- voyage of the uh the Galactic Star Cruiser the the Halcyon, Halcyon. um September 28th through the 30th so that's it after that it's closing their 100 rooms um after a year and a half and uh and and so all that what kind of investment did this take oh. to get off the ground year like a decade of r&d and building and planning and imagineering yeah and it's it's only been a year just a year and a half a year yeah. and a half um it will oh, be, so gosh all those artists and thinking of all those outfits yeah cool cool stuff so, like Salil <laughs> moonfry would wear <laughs> nah. Oh, no. come on. No. Come on. <laughs> Gotta be better than that. Uh, oh, yeah. It's a very Star Wars name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so wait, there, there wasn't one of these in California, right? No. Were, no. were there ever Only, plans to be? Not really. Um, okay. uh, one of the biggest clues we should have seen was when, they, when suddenly uh, the Mandalorian was walking around Galaxy's Edge because... Uh, he was, uh, he's already been in California for a while as a walk around character. And they said he, they couldn't do that in Florida because of the star cruiser experience, because it was, had to be set in at a, a certain time point in between episodes, um, 
Imagine being so pedantic a nerd. You spend six grand. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. This does not line up to the continuity. <laughs> so it, it's it's weird because in so many ways, I'm not surprised this happened or is happening. I'm not. I'm not big on mandatory fun. Like I'm a little too introverted to. I think do this experience the way it should be done. Like I would not enjoy just being on stage the entire time trying to play a part that that's not my jam right there, which, which was the the biggest drawback for me on the, the, the whole theory of the experience is, you know, you are in this world, which sounds awesome, but until I don't want to be in that world, for maybe a minute, you know, I don't want to play a character, um, all the time or maybe at all. So, so yeah, so attendance has been, um, pretty terrible here lately. Uh, Ooh. they announced they were canceling trips or, you know, cause it functions like a cruise line, um, the experience of it. And they threw out a bunch of discounts. Um, right. That was their next step to try and entice people to uh, to come do it. Um, but they weren't big enough. I mean, they were discounts, yeah, but still, it's a you're paying a premium price. And I get it. I understand why it's a premium price. You know, th- there are the actors that are having to play these roles and wear makeup and masks and, and all that stuff for, you know, long shifts every day. And they are equity act actors. So I, I get that why it's so expensive that, you know, you have to staff this thing, uh, 24 hours a day, but, but, um, yeah, I I think overall it was just too much to overcome. I mean, yeah, people pay money to go to fantasy camp to play baseball for a week, rock and roll camp to do, you know, I'm going to learn to play drums or whatever. So like, it's not crazy. This isn't, something brand new you know they're just trying to see if people would do i just yeah i don't know that there's enough yeah <laughs> crossover between people, people with that amount of disposable income who can who can do that for a weekend right and and and, and people who want to throwing a, a a celebrity baseball camp for a week or two during the summer is different than doing it all year and so yeah um so I don't know what happens now. I don't know if I'm honestly, I think they'll just tear it down, which is a, a huge waste of theming. Um, They spent so much. And it's cool. But again, like my wife would not go and do this and stay in a room in a hotel that has no windows. And, and you're just looking out a, a port um, that's a TV screen of space, you know, like <laughs> that is claustrophobic. She, yeah. Is... She, she would not do that. And a lot of people will not, that's not appealing to them. So I, I, I'm not surprised it failed. Um, but I, I'm kind of, I would do it. I would do it. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it sounds cool. So many people love it and, and did it and had, I wouldn't want to do it all the time, but I would do it as part of my vacation. That what is it? It's a, what two two days or yeah. three days? Yeah, it's like basically two and a half. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that. 
and then have the rest of your week to do the rest of the stuff. Like, but that, again, you know, if you're paying six thousand dollars for two nights stay, and then you're going it'd have to be that it'd have to. I would have had to save up for a while or whatever. Yeah. Or if it was a lot cheaper, it definitely would sound so neat. The idea of just, I love the idea of like doing that. I mean, I've watched the videos. I've, mm-hmm. I, you know, so it's, it's awesome. just, so it's just cool to like act like you're traveling there. Get out at Gal, you the know, food, Edge, everything is on theme. Yeah. Um. The you know having those interactions. Some of those actors were amazing. Yeah, they like, absolutely were. Um. The only thing that and and from the get go, I kind of felt this way. Like, part of what this thing was. <laughs> is what we were supposed to get in Galaxy's Edge in the park. There were supposed to be roaming around characters. There were supposed to be droids wheeling around freely. And like a story that followed you. Right. Based on your choices, that kind of thing. Yeah, how you, you know, what happened when you piloted the Falcon on, on the ride. And all of that was supposed to work into a story. And they just didn't do it. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. And so... You know, I, I am a little, I guess, hopeful that maybe they'll take some of that stuff and eventually incorporate it more into the land. Um, But as far as that building goes, I mean, it's built specifically where it is, tucked behind Galaxy's Edge. Um, I, I don't know what else they could do with it. Other than trying, you know, there's only a hundred rooms. So even if they said, well, we're it's going to be, a, it's going to reopen, it's still going to be Star Wars, it's just not going to have all the interactive actors and all that stuff, I still don't know that that works. So I don't know. Whatever it is, it's going to have to be cheaper. <laughs> well, we said Batu or Bust, and they chose Bust. It's <laughs> a good callback. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't our fault it's their fault we're not too poor to go they're they're too, they're like, too not good enough yeah. <laughs> all right we are going to talk some more star wars at the end here we're going to wrap up our coverage of the mandalorian ended a couple weeks ago so stay tuned for that uh before we get there there's been some really good tv debut in the last couple of weeks so we're going to talk a little tv first you've just crossed over into the twilight zone I'm Prison Mike. You know why they call me Prison Mike? <laughs> Davis, please sit down. Are you threatening me? I am Cornholio. First sign of youngsters going wrong, you got to nip it in the bud. Nip it. And I'm sitting there with Woody, and uh, I say, I turn to him and I go, uh, boy, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Picture it, Sicily, 1939. What you talking about, Willis? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? My neighbor. Good afternoon, everybody. No! 
is everyone watching? I've recommended jury duty to about 12 different people. <laughs> well, that, that fits. <laughs> that, that tracks. Uh, yeah, jury duty is where it's at. If you're not watching jury duty, you're, you're lame. You're a loser. I'm a loser. This is on the, the- <laughs> Cliff, you never did try it out? No. What's the matter with you? I haven't I- watched much of anything here lately. I got, well, I'll tell you what I was watching here in a few. So this is on the free side of Amazon Prime, Amazon Freebie, which, you know, you always go into that with a grain of salt, but how good could it be if it's on Freebie? <laughs> but this was pretty good. So it's a fake reality show where there's only one person involved who doesn't know it's fake. So that's a pretty good setup. Uh, the classic Joe Schmo show. I know it's, a, it's a real Joe Schmo situation. It is. Uh, I remember, I, I feel like Jesse has, uh, Jesse has uh, mentioned yes, like yes. that show before. Yeah. That's a, that would be a five-star show for oh, Jesse. I know. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. So, so I, I, <laughs> I don't know. That. I don't know about that. Feels so like a four. This right. was before the star system. This was 2003. Yeah, Spike true. TV. I remember I had yeah. three seasons this Joe Schmo did. It was like, the first one was Lap of Luxury. So it was just like a bunch of you know, living in a mansion, you know, like all those, uh, uh, you know, who wants to be or the millionaire, Joe Millionaire, whatever those shows were mm. back in the day. And season two was Last Chance for Love. That was like a dating show. Mm. And then the third season, they went full out and it was called Full Bounty. And it was like, who wants to be a bounty hunter? And then. <laughs> So it was like ch- physical challenges and like <sighs> things to see who could be a bounty hunter. So I loved that show back in the day. And this gave me all those same feelings of how far can you push this? You know, will this guy yes. ever catch on how ridiculous, you know, reality shows on their surface are ridiculous. So how ridiculous can you get before it doesn't feel real? Right. Oh, it. they got lucky a lot too. that things work the way they did and it's just a it's just a really good time the cast of characters that they have are just at that right level of weird and this guy that the biggest boon is the guy they got you know just happened to luck out with this guy they you know narrowed it down to him and he is just the perfect person for this their original intention was not for it to go the way it, it did. It it was the fact that this guy was so nice uh, shaped the show. Like they like, oh my gosh, no matter what we do, this guy is friggin' nice, and he's gonna be nice about everything. And it's just like, oh, he's he he comes out, you know, looking like a hero just because of how you know when you you would only everyone would love to be caught on candid camera looking like a great person and he if you yeah if you don't embarrass yourself right right right. (laughs) now granted he knows he's being filmed because the the premise is that he's signed up he's got jury duty but do you want to do it and be uh be part of a documentary type thing about the whole the whole deal of going through jury duty and you get you know get paid a little bit more and stuff. So he's like, sure, I'll just do this. He's a easygoing guy. And, and 
but it's really just him that's doing it. And everybody else is an actor. Everybody else is an actor, and including a famous actor, which adds extra spice to it because he he does an excellent job. And it's in the art, so I don't think it's a spoiler to say that it's James Marsden. Uh, There's just the right amount of fame. Yes. Like, he's not super, like, household name, but he's not too obscure. Like, you would recognize right. him. Like, I just that enough that this guy could be kind of embarrassing when he's like, I'm not even sure. Are, were you in this? You that in sucked. sex drive, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, uh, there there was uh, about halfway through the season they finally start pushing it. They're like, I can't. They can't believe they made it this far. Let's start pushing the envelope. And see, we just where the line is. What we can get this guy to agree to, and he doesn't. He won't do everything. He's, he's just like, Nah, I don't think I'm. I'm not doing that. Or what? You know, when the characters would ask him to help him out with stuff. But I, 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 I. There's nobody I wouldn't recommend it to. It's a it's a breezy good good time so um, definitely I, I didn't the judge i didn't catch his name until the very end i think the last episode they put his name on the screen and he was alan Barinholtz. oh is he related to something Ike? clicked in my head and i looked it up to make sure yes he is 72 years old he's been a lawyer his whole life and he is the father of ike and john Barinholtz, the comedians oh and Ike was on Seth Meyers months ago telling a story about his dad booking an acting job. Huh. And he was calling him a Nepo dad. That he was like, he's doing it, <laughs> he's doing it in reverse. And like, oh my gosh. And like how he'd retired, but he he had like he had taken acting classes in college. And so a friend of his like was George Gaines. I think George Gaines did that too. George from Gaines. uh yeah. Never from... heard of him. Uh <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so somebody, some friend of Ike's reached out and said, hey, we're looking for people who can do improv and who are actual lawyers or judges. Would your dad be interested in trying out? So, like, he he filmed a little audition for him and put him on tape, and he booked the job. And now he's got a SAG card and an agent, and the guy's, like, got a second career now. He, he's an actor. He was in the uh, History of the World Part Two that yeah. Baron Holtz, you know, was the executive producer of, so... I thought that was cool. Like, yeah, because I, I had heard that story months ago on a talk show. I was like, oh, that's this. Okay. Yeah. I love it. It's a good time. I definitely recommend it. I, I felt like at the end, they get, they sat, you got that satisfying uh, breathing room. It didn't just abruptly end. You got some of them kind of uh, getting to chat about different things that had happened and when they reveal it. So I, because I, yeah, I had questions. I was like, how yes, did this work? Right. And the, the end, usually they were you don't pretty get transparent. That. They yeah, were usually, you don't get an explanation of how it all worked. Yeah. So yeah, I, that transparency at the end was definitely what put it over the edge for me as uh, being satisfying. So by all means, you must watch Jersey. Well, my, my biggest question, I had to do a little deep dive here because the, another actor on there, there's a guy named Kirk Fox, who I it was very. I would have recognized him right away. Immediately, I'm yes. like, that's Kirk Fox, right? <laughs> 79 credits on IMDb. He's been in a million things. Six episodes of Reservation Dogs. He's Kenny Boy on Reservation Dogs. Yeah. Eight episodes of Parks and Rec. He was Sewer Joe, the guy who ran the sewer department <laughs> in Parks and Rec. But I'm like, this guy's well known. How how is he not 
too famous for this. So I look on IMDb, and he might not be as famous as I I projected to be. But he's just always there. So he was in one episode each of Curb Your Enthusiasm, NCIS, Reno 911, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Connors, The Goldbergs, Community, Deadwood. So he's been in, but just one episode. His number one known for, you know, that I'm to be known for, his number one listed on IMDb is The Postman, which was a big movie. Right. He's credited right. as Gangly Recruit. So his most famous movie, he doesn't, he doesn't even have a name. So I started scrolling through IMDb, his other credits. He is credited as Patrolman, Landlord, Mechanic, LAPD Officer Number 3, Sex Addict Number 1, Bookie, Loan Shark, Creepy Guy, Carney, Vagrant. So this guy, this guy has a has a typecast as a tall, gangly, creepy guy. But uh, all right, so he 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 flew under this guy's radar somehow. He didn't recognize. Him. Right, he barely recognized James Mars. <laughs> but yeah, everybody else in that show, I clicked on some link that was like, "What you've seen them in," and everyone has done something. Everyone yeah. has a pilot or has has been in a couple uh, shows. So. I'm Good sure stuff. Screen, I'm sure that was screen for how you know, how big a pop culture fan you do. You have a you know, Hulu subscription, <laughs> but you recognize Kurt Fox. Yep. Wow. While you guys were watching that, I was watching. Uh, I was watching Beef. And yeah, I knew you were watching Beef. On uh, we watched it. I did. You watch it, Jordan? Yes. I watched it all. Yes. Yeah, we yeah. all watched it weeks ago. Weeks. Ago. Yes. Judy. Are you okay? Yep. I've been hustling my whole life. And look where it's gotten me. What do you guys think? Was it was this it? One had, this had a lot of buzz. People were really yeah. from A twenty four, the very uh, award winning film studio. Yeah. 
I liked it. I liked it. I don't know if I was over the moon like the buzz was, but I did really enjoy it. The whole it, thing. So. It was very up and down for me, the pace of it. Like, I don't know. Um, took me a little while to get through it, but um, overall, I mean, I because it, it starts out and I'm kind of like, okay, uh, I don't know. Um, but then it picks up a little bit, you know, there's peeing on the floor and all that. And, and, uh, uh, characters start getting, uh, intertwined, um, between the two mains and, and before I, it definitely got weirder than the setup promised. Like, (laughs) yes. Yeah. It it got weird. Um, (laughs) that's for sure. But, uh, but I, overall, I really, I really, uh, I had to see how it ended up. This was the Netflix series, Stephen Yun and Ali Wong. She is very, uh, well-to-do, uh, upper crust, and he is very low on the, uh, social ladder, just trying to get by. They get into a road rage incident. And you think, okay, this is going to be this battle of them getting back and forth at each other. It's going to be a class struggle. It's going to be male, female. It's going to be rich, poor. It's uh, dealing with the Asian community, Asian-American immigrants. And it it is all that, but it's also some other things. (laughs) (laughs) Stretches in a few places. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have that much to say. I don't want to give that much away for this one. I would say, you know, if you got time, go watch it um, because it's got a lot of little twists and turns there. And the minute I thought, oh, I think I'm done with this, something would happen. And it, I'm like, oh, a couple more episodes and, and it just bring me right back into it. So, but yeah, it's definitely uh different. I thought it was a limited thing. I thought the end was the end. I thought it ended solid, but mm-hmm. I saw the, the creator said he, he plans the show to last three seasons. So I, I don't know yeah. what you, I don't know That's what just else because they do. was, it was a hit. They kind of, yeah, they were like, let's just, we'll probably do more. We will also, see. I, I wouldn't know where you'd go. Yeah. I love the, the soundtrack had the, some of those <laughs> songs from that era. We don't yeah. always get like smashing pumpkins and, bush and like some of those like as long as i know every word to incubus yeah some of those like late 90s early 2000s uh alt rock hits like okay that's when you know the guy who made this is the same age as you (laughs) (laughs) yeah the quote i saw said it quote fully explores what it means to be hurt what it means okay <laughs> I was sitting there trying to think of another way to get you to do that. Uh, it just was natural. Quote fully explores what it means to hurt someone. So it's talking about strangers, coworkers, siblings, spouses, children. We all hurt other people, whether it's on purpose or accidentally. And this show yeah. is kind of exploring and, all those avenues of. And how, you never know what so, what someone else is going through. Right. <clears throat> good hmm. dave's back <laughs> dave dave is back yes yeah how's season three working for you i i like it i haven't seen I, the latest episode okay. but i i uh i'm digging it i like all the episodes i like i mean it's, it's i like how it keeps changing it keeps yeah. becoming becoming a different thing uh different point in this 
character's life, which kind of makes the stories a little different. So it's good. I like Chloe Bennett. Is that her name that's on there now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like I like them playing off each other, and it's it's a good show. Still I, a good show. I, I didn't know if I would like Allie being the Allie character being back on the show after season yeah. one, but. Yeah. It's it's been fine. Um, I, I I've liked the episodes. I don't know that it'll ever get better than better than uh, season no, one. Well, yeah, but it's, but I that's, I that's peak TV you're talking yeah, about. There. Yeah, but but I ha- I've enjoyed most of these uh, these so far. So and the one you haven't seen um, is the one he, he he goes to the Met Gala. Yeah, no, yeah. I saw saw. And that's what I was thinking, what looking was back, like that season one, there were cameos in it, but it was from these weird underground rappers no one's ever heard right. of. And mm-hmm. now we've got cameos from most yeah. people on the planet. So like, what? where did this show... Like, yeah, no more yeah. Biff Whiff. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you want Biff Whiff, you gotta, you gotta watch Jury. <laughs> you gotta go to Jury, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure how much I'd like this season of like dealing with fame and oh no i'm i'm too famous it hurts too much that but like they've kept it it's still with problems he has (laughs) the Mm. you know the insecurities that he has the 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 struggle between his close friends so like it's still grounded enough and it's still really funny my favorite was the uh them stranded where the bus breaks down at the that's been i think that's been the highlight of the season yep i agree I also I also like the video when they were making the second episode when they made the, the evolution the of man. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. It's a good show. Love love Dave. The latest cool. thing I've been watching, I, there probably is another episode I haven't watched yet. Was uh, is it uh, Love and Death? Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, Love and Death. Something's been bothering me a little. I have done. All the things a wife is supposed to do. The house, the meals. Where is the payback? I'm very attracted to you. Would you be interested in having an affair? episodes like yeah right immediately but yes. there's only seven. Oh, okay maybe there's so, i just haven't seen the last one yet well i think there's six came out this week and then yeah seven. i thought weeks. it was like nine or something no, i looked it, it up it's just seven so i don't okay. understand that strategy of kind of releasing I, some of them I, I, yeah i don't know yeah i watched 
No, they dropped three at once. They dropped, oh, they okay. did drop. So three. I didn't. I didn't watch it right at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, because I watched the first three. This is the what do they call? I mean, you, I'm blanking. What do they call these? Uh, true crime. Yeah, like where it's a man. I'm blanking on the word I'm looking for, but it's their version of a true story. Uh, where, ripped from the headlines yeah I guess uh, uh, anyway Elizabeth Olsen's good as this um, housewife from the 70s who uh, is involved in a very deadly circumstance and a, uh, has to do with kind of cheating on your spouse and things like that but it, it's a she's really good she kind of plays she I, I was saying to you guys that she it's it's just kind of another version of Wanda from one vision where she's just like the housewife that's just a little off she's just, she's just kind of in her own zone but she's great I uh it's I that want, weird like suburban everyone's a little too cheery well this community this re, the real community that that this is based on was kind of uh, these it's Texas, right? Where were they Riley, like Texas? They went to this these suburbs. I mean, these people were rich. They don't quite get across how rich these people were. the 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 money that 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 community was making on average was what would be the equivalent of like quarter million dollars, you know, salaries. So they had created like this own community to get away from the city uh, and have this like, you know, this nice, you know, exactly the way they want their families to grow up in these communities and things and deal with their churches and all that. And it's uh, and she's fully embedded in that. But, you know, needs a little spice in her life. Uh, So she decides to have an affair and. Jesse Plemons plays the guy that she gets in an affair with, and and the most irresistible man on the earth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not that he's not uh, a handsome no, no. fellow, and he's a charming guy, right, but right. Know, that kind of doughy, pale right. helmet, Lego helmet hair of the seventies. <laughs> he's she's great. Like, I, I'm just, I can't stop thinking I, about you. <laughs> I yes, I just want you to know that I just can't stop thinking. Anyway. uh it's it's really good. I think it's good, but they already did this on Hulu. I just saw that today. It came out last year on Hulu. Yeah, so it was five episodes. That was with Jessica Biel playing the character Candy, and uh, I watched. So I stopped after those first three episodes and watched those five episodes. Yeah. Watch that whole series, and boy, the glaring difference between these two shows is Hulu. Everything is dark. It's like I hate shows where you watch something and there's no lights on in anybody's house because they're going for this aesthetic. But it's like nobody would stand in the dark and talk all the time. Come on. You would have lights on. And then the and HBO's aesthetic is lights on, baby. We got we we got the lights on on HBO. Uh to the max. And I uh so I I I thought it was good too. Uh a little bit more believable uh guy she has an affair affair with in that show but uh it there i would like to pick and choose 
each of the people uh, playing. You you got you can't go without making a comment about Kristen Ritter's hair. I, I agree. Her her hair is it took me out, out of, of every scene she was in because I was just staring <laughs> at her hair. It was something. Anyway, I thought it's pretty good. It's pretty good so far. Oh, Melanie Linsky was is in the Hulu one, so she plays the other woman or whatever the wife of that guy so yeah but and it was executive produced by david e kelly which i don't i honestly don't think he's one of the most successful tv guys of all time ali mcbeal boston legal and million right. shows i don't think i've ever watched the david e kelly show so uh, yeah this it's good enough i i i'm enjoying it i think it started off stronger than how it's been going but it's it's a fun little show and i i just elizabeth olsen this is she's right in her groove this is a sweet spot for she they cast it well to get her hmm yeah i didn't even know that thing existed until uh you posted something in our messenger the other day so um i i feel i started watching this show it's pretty good um it, it's i didn't realize it it's already in well into season two um and i feel like seth you may have watched this or talked about this but it was uh i found it on hulu called single drunk female single drunk female yeah. that sounds familiar it's sophia black i don't know how to say her last name black delia well i don't She's think been... i have seen this okay it's got Ali Sheedy in it, and no, uh, even no, there's even a a, a a reunion a bit um, where oh Archie's mom shows up too um, to do a few scenes. Wow, <laughs> Molly, she's Molly really Ringwald. fallen. She has fallen. <laughs> if now she's known as Archie's mom. Yes. So, wow. Uh, but yeah, it's about this uh, kind of twenty late. I don't know twenty something um, girl who grew up. Um, in Boston, moved to New York. Uh, she's an alcoholic and, uh, kind of hits rock bottom type story and ends up in, you know, in a program, um, with a bunch of kind of eccentric characters and trying to put her life back together. And she finds out that her, that her, um, ex-boyfriend, uh, is now engaged in getting married to uh, one of her very former close friends that she grew up with. It's got Lily Mae Harrington that plays. She's a, she's a friend of her and she, she's really good in it. Um, Plays a hairdresser by trade and she's just kind of the best friend role in this, but she's super funny. Um, But uh, two seasons, um, we really enjoyed it. Alicia kind of got into it a little bit and it was just something I picked that I had never heard of. And then after I watched it, I was kind of like, did Seth talk about this? I'm not even, I couldn't even remember. No. So, no. so anyways, um, yeah, we, we've really enjoyed it the last couple of weeks. So while you were watching that HBO show, apparently we were watching this show. So it's got a kind of, I was just going to say it's to end it. It's got a really nice dynamic. Um, Ali, Ali Sheedy's really good in it. Um, she plays her mom and, and that dynamic between the mother and daughter is, uh, very, feels very real at times. Um, they're both 
kind of broken and uh, um, almost resent each other for it. So, anyways, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I think the best thing I've watched these last couple weeks turned out to be The Muppets. Agreed. I thought it was great. The Muppets Mayhem. The Mayhem? They taught Molly Crew how to shred and party. They tattooed their name on me when I was passed out. What? These guys go hard. I was in Collins the first time I saw the Mayhem play. I grew up idolizing Dr. T. I bought gold grills just to be like him. Say cuckoo Well, we got a little sidetracked by the 80s. <laughs> for sure. A two, three, four. I'm Nora Singh from Waxtown Records. I would love to help you make an album. Well, all right. All right. What's happening? I think Animal digs you. I dig the animal as well. I've been waiting my entire life for an Electric Mayhem album. Finally, somebody is making it happen. Okay, it begins. Daba, yeah. Yeah, good animal. Let's say we bring the old school and you bring the new. How about a hot music collab, huh? I think Animal's all ready to lay down our jump track. That was perfect. What? What? I don't think the band is digging any of this. It is so hot, I'm gonna pass out. You feeling this? Yeah. We did it. See? Happy. They're always happy. Wee. Watch. Hey, guys, look. I got a fork. Showed us there's a whole world beyond the mayhem. It's trending. You did this. With one tweet, you started beef with all of music. And our vengeance shall be swift. I like this show. Lots of drama. Let's get back to you doing what you do best. I'm ready to roll with it. Well, good, because we're ready to rock with it. We're gonna rock! Welcome to the mayhem. Rock We're more than just a band. We're a family. Electric mayhem. Is that a vacuum? Thank you. Doesn't get any weirder than that, am I right? You know it. See this camera? Okay, do not look into this camera. Action. Look about a cliffhanger. Disney Plus is going to love this. <laughs> Everybody watch. <laughs> I'm a huge Muppets fan. I loved them growing up. Had the soundtrack on vinyl and watched the Muppet show and loved Muppet Babies. But modern Muppets haven't really done much for me. Like I've watched the Muppets Haunted Mansion and some of yeah. these specials they've done. And they're cute. They're fine. The ABC sitcom, the, mm-hmm. the documentary sitcom was decent, but it's never had that magic. But I felt like this one did. Something about this one clicked and really worked for me. Uh, co-written and co-produced by Adam Goldberg from yeah. the Goldbergs, famous for his fandoms <laughs> yeah. that aligned with ours. But uh, yeah, 10 half-hour episodes following the Electric Mayhem, the band that's uh, yeah, they're the they're classic... They were the Rock house band on the Muppet the Show. Band, yeah. Right. So not a mockumentary. I thought maybe it would be a behind the music kind of a deal or a, a, a tour. I, it was more of a sitcom. Like it mm-hmm. had 
each episode was its own thing, but it, it had a full story. It, it felt like a very cohesive tale, but broken up into these these uh, half hour episodes. And the gags were good. The jokes yeah. were good. Ton of celebrity cameos. I got teary at a couple points. Like it just all worked for me. It was it was Muppets. It was Muppetastic. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I thought it was wonderful. We watched. We binged it in two days. And I could not wait um, just to get to the next episode to see what was going to happen next. And uh, it almost, you know, the modern stuff, it almost sounds a little funny to me at first, um, mm-hmm. just because I have those voices so ingrained. Yeah, the voices are my... the tough part for me. But but They're I actually... not right. Right. <laughs> They're not right. Um, but I th- actually thought they did a this is one of the better replacement voice cast um i thought i it didn't throw me out of it and especially dr teeth you know that could be a that could be a tough one of course that was um jim henson um based on dr john uh that character so but yeah i just it was all i wanted it to be um, super Muppets fan. And I'm hoping maybe, maybe, you know, because other than like the, the Muppets with Jason Siegel in the last, you know, like you said, how many, how decades now, how, how much of it has really been good? Um, I like that Mu- Muppets Haunted Mansion. I thought it was, it honestly, I thought it was really good, but that seems to be the exception more than it is what we normally get. And, um, this thing, I just loved all the characters. Like it, like they were, you know, right out of the Muppet show. And so I'm hoping that this starts something. It'll, it'll grab an audience and be popular enough to where they can, you know, even if they just do it on television, I would be fine with this type of thing. Um, almost doing like a, you know, a Muppet verse almost, you know, start with, start with the electric mayhem and, and move on to another did character. You, did you too. see that quote from Goldberg he said that was his intention was like, like a star Wars or a Marvel verse oh. to like build. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, that's totally what, how it feels to me. Um, it was just so like, he's uh, such a good story and knowing these characters, I didn't feel like I had to relearn them. They were just, who they were supposed to be, even though it's, you know, they call it out and it's all these years later and what they've been up to. And it's ridiculous. And, and, but that's what the Muppets are. And it's PG family friendly, but like still funny. Like it it wasn't too dumbed down. It wasn't too sweet. It still had a little bit of edge to it. Like it, while even, you know, these characters, they're, they're, they're relentlessly hopeful and friendly and kind to each other. Like, but yeah, there's still tension in the band. Yeah, and yeah just I don't know. Yeah. Just it worked. The, the story worked for me, and the the jokes and the 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 music. Even some of the new songs were pretty right. pretty good. So yeah, and some crazy uh, references, some real deep cut references <laughs> that I I caught. So I'm sure I missed some other ones, but like River Bottom Nightmare yeah. band uh, and like, immediately. Yeah, some yeah some. <laughs> we're not birds. A, we're a junk yeah. band. <laughs> yeah. This is so just all the things you expect. Really, really good stuff. I love the theme song. Immediately, I was like, 
damn it, this should have, this should have, you know, why couldn't this have come out when we were doing the, the theme song bracket? I would have put it in there. <laughs> By probably the third episode, I'm singing right along word for word on it. You know, I was like, man, I can't wait. I love this theme song. I'm not skipping through that. So yeah, it's, it's wonderful. I'll have to check it out. I'd put it on and watch like two minutes and then fell asleep, but I will try her again. Totally worth the time. That's saying a lot in this TV lately. Now, Lord knows what we're going to get the rest of the year with this writer strike, anyway. So, you know, it's going to f up. It's going to f up the next few years. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, take your time. Um, <laughs> uh, yep. Rather than, I'd much rather watch something like this and get it a little later than than you know force myself into some crappy reality. A uh, terrible show that The Bachelor or something that I could care less. You about. could watch Jury Duty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is that it? Um, to wrap it up. Yeah. 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 We need to wrap up Mandalorian season three, correct? Yes. We were right on the ball, right? on target we missed a couple weeks so thank you for being for being patient with us i have one note i have word the word the word mandalorian right there and under that all it says is skinny pete (laughs) he was in it did you see skinny pete in there skinny pete skinny pete from breaking bad oh no i didn't recognize yeah he was in there very prominently all right, so we left off. We just talked about the sixth episode, so we need to talk about season three, episode seven, chapter twenty-three, the spies. All right, does anybody remember anything about what was going on? No, <laughs> just skinny. Uh, the spies. I remember everybody was trying to figure out who the spy, who was the traitor, who was the Ugh. spy that was going to betray the Mandalorians, and everybody. Well, I don't say everybody, but. Most people thought I wasn't thinking about it. It was going to be the armor or axe woves. And I'm going to try to burn through this. Stop me at any point to throw in the thoughts or opinions. Episode kicks off with Alia Kane on Coruscant, who she's now apparently a blade runner because everything was <laughs> yeah. neon and rainy and she was wearing a long coat. And she meets a, a probe droid in an alleyway and gets a Moff Gideon hologram where it drops that he knew about those pirates on uh, Navarro. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. So something's going on. Somebody's the spy. All right. So we get the, sh- the, the Shadow Council meeting of bad dudes. So these are the leaders of the <laughs> yes. surviving Imperial factions. Yes. So they're talking about the new republic is vulnerable. So these are the guys gonna bring back the empire and take it down. So there are a couple of familiar faces. Captain Pelion from the pre-Disney Star Wars universe, who was reintroduced in Rebels. Mm-hmm. So he insists that the Imperials just have to wait until Grand Admiral Thrawn returns to mark the grand return of the Imperial military. So he's throwing breadcrumbs. I think for the next series right. coming out. 
Uh, we also had in that room Brindle Hux. Daddy Hux. Father, mm. father of General Armitage Hux, who's Donald Gleason in the sequel trilogy. And he says they just have to wait until he can complete Project Necromancer, which involves cloning and ensuring that there will be ensuring there will be someone to lead the Empire in the future. What? Mm. And somehow Palpatine came back. Right. Mm. So that seems an obvious setup for Palpatine. Snoke. I saw people saying Snoke as well, like some version of cloning mm. that leads us to Snoke. Again, we're filling in holes that the, the trilogy didn't really bother with explaining. <laughs> you know, important plot details. <laughs> so neither of those guys is happy that Gideon is diverting resources away from their schemes. And he's not really telling anyone why. So there's some, there's some, uh, the Shadow Council, there's a little bit of uh, a crack forming in the bad guys. So Gideon is granted reinforcements to stop the Mandalorians once and for all. They all say, long live the Empire, and that's that. So the Mando fleet arrives in Navarro. They have a meeting of the Mandos, and someone needs to prepare a feast. They're going to feast. Uh, we get a gift of uh, a IG-12 skeleton <laughs> that can be piloted but like a mech by Grogu with a yes and a no button for good measure. So that was just the best. I it? did not. <laughs> on no planet did I see that coming. No. No. <laughs> Bad like baby, that, no squeezy. That was so <laughs> ridiculous in a good way. Like yeah. I was like, what is this? Like, oh, I just never saw it coming. So when they when they when they brought it in, you know, I was like, oh my God, they are not going to do this. They're <laughs> gonna put that kid in there. <laughs> oh. But it solved the problem. Like, either had to be in that little carriage, or he had to be carried. Like, yeah, yeah. I love much it. better carriage. This yeah. is a much cooler carriage. This is how I want to go through Galaxy's Edge. Just put me in one of those. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you want to make a lightsaber? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, that was pretty sweet. I was. I was digging that. I thought that was ultimate cuteness, like that cuteness overload. When that happened, uh, mm. I told somebody at work, I was like, "There's something that happens. Like it's just that's about peak cuteness." <laughs> All right, so they move the whole fleet to orbit Mandalore, but there's like this interference in the atmosphere, so they have to send a small team down to explore the surface. All right, they run into a few scavenger Mandos. Who recognized Bo Katan? These guys were survivors of the Night Owls clan who have refused to surrender, just like Bo Katan taught them. And they say, We knew Skinny you would Pete. not forsake us. <laughs> that was Skinny Pete. Yes. I'm going to send you a picture. Uh, we knew you would not forsake us. We failed you, but our blasters remain in your service. Why didn't they have Badger be the other one? That would have been. I would have been. I was waiting the that whole been freaking great time. Stunt casting. I was waiting. Uh -huh. 
so these dudes have just been on the surface of Mandalore, right? Just waiting yeah. for Bo yes. to come back. So this is where we learn that she surrendered to Gideon on the grounds that he spared the planet. So this is why he had the Darksaber in Season 1. Mm-hmm. She, she, you know, to save lives, she surrendered the planet to him. And, of course, he betrayed her and purged the planet anyway. Why anyone would want to live on this godforsaken planet, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so they're debating again. The Mandos, quote, we're too powerful to defeat. Our own division destroys us. So they're trying to bring them together. We need to have one culture, one clan, you know, one goal. Uh, at some point, Axe fights Paz Vizsla. Mm-hmm. On the boat. For reasons... <laughs> for reasons oh, too long ago Grogu breaks it up saying no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> they were playing chess or you know bounty hunter whatever chess or that something. is yeah is that anything like uh Chewbacca chess I don't know <laughs> but they they were playing no. it and they got in a fight no. over it and <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> right so Hmm. So, so Bo, I think, is a little shook after meeting these dudes and having to relive this this trauma. But uh, uh, our hero's name is Din. That's right, Din. He says, "I serve you. Your song is not yet written. I will serve you until it is." So this is like you know she wasn't feeling like a leader or. You know, she didn't deserve to be in charge of these people, but here's Din literally handing off, like, I am, I got your back. I, I am serving you. All right, so they go off to the forge, trying to find the forge. Some giant rock Godzilla attacks them, and they have to abandon ship. I don't remember that that was that important, but okay. Uh, they find the ruins of the Great Forge. And while they're there, Imperials with jetpacks ambush them. They're using Mandalorian resources and Beskar for a mm. next-gen dark trooper. So oh, the, yeah. The plan yeah. is all coming together. Imperial super commandos. Right. So we learn uh, Gideon, you know, every society has something to offer. He wants to take the best of each one. To bring order to the galaxy. So, you know, resources of the Empire, the Jedi, the Mandalorians, he wants to, you know, make super troopers. So the this the Praetorian Guard show up and Paz has to cover their escape. That was so dumb. He, he holds the door. So is dumb. That, is that is that what Well, I mean, like he had his chance to like to leave. And he's like, no, I'll stay here and fight the, you know, the whole squad. That, that is such a trope. They do that. Yeah. Everything does that. It's like, I'll stay behind. Don't wait. It's like every time it's like, while you're saying that you could have left. Yeah. yeah. Must <laughs> use masculine urge to fight an army. <laughs> so things aren't going well. Din is taken to the debriefing room and a fleet of ships are being launched to destroy the Mandos up in orbit. We I, I, we learned it was Moss Gideon all along. 
So everything that's happened this season was part of his grand scheme. All this stuff, these side missions and the pirates and all the stuff, the the doctor, yeah, the cloning stuff. You know, it was everything mattered. It was all part of the plan. Um, I felt like he was a little bit, he wasn't the same character he was last season. Like he felt so over the top. He was twirling his mustache well, and like, ha, 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 my grand plan has arrived. Like, he just seems such a. Well, he didn't, even, didn't even have his mustache anymore. Yeah, he didn't have it because <laughs> and, and that was a point of contention. Like, you know, we see the clones and they don't have mustaches. And then we see him and he doesn't have it. And everybody's going, oh, my God, he's not really dead. It was a clone. And I'm like, please, no. Like, <laughs> somehow. Moff Gideon has returned. I, I don't want. I don't want that. Like, it makes all of this stuff never matter. Every time you bring right. somebody back, it doesn't matter. I'll let people die. Yeah. When I die, and, let me die. <laughs> I want to sleep. And at this point, he just he becomes another Darth Vader cosplayer. Like he's got his dark suit on, and his voice is getting deeper. Yeah. So it's it's a lot like. What's his face? All right. So the next episode was the finale of this season, chapter 24, The Return. This was a lot of action, not, not quite as much uh, plot. That's some pretty cool right action, though. I, I dug the fight yeah, yeah. scenes with the, with the Imperials and with the jetpacks fighting all the Mandalorians and, like, the armor, she you know, she doesn't even use a gun. She's still got her her right. hammer and what her pincers, and she's out there kicking ass. Like it's pretty cool. All right, so the Mandos are still on the run. They've captured the dangerous Din, and two guards escort him down a hallway, which <laughs> seems like a terrible plan. <laughs> just flamethrowers him and then uh, goes to rescue Grogu or Grogu rescues him I forget it was a while ago yeah well uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Grogu has that gets trapped in the room with the uh, uh, the guard the, the guards yeah guard, right yeah away. and then yeah and he, he has gets to... trapped under a pipe yeah all right yeah. so at this point they could sneak out but they can't keep running. You have to take out Gideon or it'll never end. Another trope we've <laughs> become familiar with. At this point, R5 sneaks into the base and gets the schematics that they need. Again, coming through in the clutch, R5. <laughs> so Bo-Katan sends Axwoves ahead to warn the fleet that TIE Fighters are coming. And he blasts up into atmosphere. So they're going to use the capital ship as a decoy bring everyone down to the planet's surface for reinforcements, and then attack. Uh, at that moment, they're attacked by the TIE Fighters. Um, down on the planet, uh, Din, all these barrier shields are up. Uh, so he has to take them down one at a time and mm. fight these guys. I thought that was a cool scene. And yeah, each, that each was cool. barrier he gets through picks up a different weapon. So he's like, very video gaming. He's equipping himself as he goes. So uh, that's what R5's busy helping take down the barrier shields. And he gets attacked by the mouse droid. <laughs> so the little mouse droid beeps at him and zaps him and brings reinforcements. Again, another little cute scene. Um, and we 
get to the cloning vats, and we see it's all these Gideon duplicates that have being, been being cloned. So they blow them up, of course. And then they have to hide in these caves. So there's all this vegetation on the planet that that we thought was completely destroyed. So there, there is life sustaining on this planet. And that's when all the Mando reinforcements arrive from the ships up above. And Bo says, let's take back our planet. So she charges forward with the Darksaber leading the leading the charge and they have a big sky clash with all these uh these uh dark troopers so that's where the action really kicks in uh gideon is crying about his dead clones <laughs> he was isolating potential to use the force incorporating it into an unstoppable army and you smothered them before they could draw their first breath which takes us back to that season one, why, you know, why they, yeah, why? he wanted Grogu in the first place. So, right. so we get to fight Din, fights Gideon and the Praetorian guards. Grogu says no, and the three attack him. Um, Din and a little help from the force kill the guards, which I liked. I thought the force Grogu using the force very believably like he just moved the weapon yeah. just mm-hmm. out of reach yeah. Yeah. or kind of pushed someone a few like he didn't he wasn't Luke Skywalker he wasn't flipping around using a lightsaber like he, he within his ability he, he turned the tide of the battle so that's where Bo Katan shows up and she takes on Gideon says surrender or fight and he ends up breaking the dark saber which seems like a big deal right yeah, well, who knows what the deal is? Are they just gonna make it again, or what are they gonna do? He says Mandalorians are weak once they lose their trinkets, and she says Mandalorians are stronger together. And that's when Din joins the fight, and they both take him on. Uh, meanwhile, Axe is just gonna ram the ship into the base because <laughs> uh, the, the the ties have damaged the ship pretty bad, so he's just gonna wreck it all. That's a border. That's a borderline holdo yep. maneuver. <laughs> I was apparently one in a million. Notes and I wasn't <laughs> looking, so he escaped. I missed where he escaped. I thought he died when they crashed it in there, but I guess nah, there was a scene out. where he yeah. jumped out of the, the thing. Um, so the ship explodes. The whole base is engulfed in flame, but Grogu does the hand thing and he holds it all back. And they're all. Magic they're all. It's been so long, but I feel like they each of the three of them were protecting each other the way they did it. It's like all three of them were taking part in the protection. Like somebody's got, I can't remember. It's been so long. Well, it I remember was... thinking it was a, it was, he's doing that, but somebody else has like the shield up or something. Yeah, Bo had or the, doing her something. shield. Somebody, they were like all just huddled there in a way that looked, Cool. But it was a very, uh, it was a very Kanan Jarrus. We'd seen that him yeah, do that before that's what I'm, from yeah, Rebels. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. With with fire holding it back, and while well, everybody else, you know, escapes. And... Yep, that was some Freddie Prince Jr. stuff if I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> so the whole place blows up, and we have to assume Moff Gideon's dead, but we don't see a body. 
Exactly. Uh, we, <laughs> we skip ahead to the ceremony at the Living Waters for Ragnar. We're gonna he's gonna take a dip in the waters. That was uh Paz's kid, yeah. right? Was this, yep, uh, just like Kimmel, we start, started the season with that. Nepo Kimmel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ne- Nepo nephew. Yeah. Uh, and Grogu is declared an apprentice, no longer a foundling. He is uh, adopted. Din adopts him as his own. Names him Din Grogu, Mandalorian apprentice. And as is some rule we just learned about, they must leave now and go have journeys. This was the most... It was so weird how they ended the season. <laughs> it was like, let's go for ultimate tied up happy ending. Right. Like, what is happening? It, like, it yeah, felt really, like this, the, the end of a series. Is what yeah, it this felt could like. have been a good finale, but they're, they're setting up more, of course. It's crazy. Uh, so at the ceremony, we get the sense that uh, Grogu can sense the mythosaur. Hmm. Uh, you know, his connection to animals. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and Bo-Katan relights the Great Forge. So the Mandos are back. They're back in business. We cut to a New Republic bar. And Captain Teva is hanging out, the X-Wing pilot. And Din has a business proposition for him. He's going to hunt down Imperial Remnants as an independent contractor. Such a video game. Uh, yeah he doesn't want to work for the empire or the he doesn't want to work for the new republic but he's right gonna, he'll do jobs for him he's yeah. a bounty hunter by trade right, so he decides <laughs> he decides to take payment with a dro- a head of a droid there's an ig head up in this bar that he's going to use that as payment so we get a reborn ig 11 as the new marshal of this town Back on Navarro. Din has a deed to a cabin that he was promised. <laughs> of course he does. And the season ends, kicking back on the front porch. Yeah. Grogu juggling some frogs. Creaking screen door. Right, that's how we end it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't eat the frogs. <laughs> so there was no kind of post credit scene. That was the end. I get that to me that's that would, you know. He's home on the farm with his kid. Like that that would be yeah. a perfect finale. But they've already confirmed a fourth season. Um, but again, I'm I'm okay with that. Like this this last season was super heavy in the lore of the animated series that I'm not mm-hmm. familiar with and catching all that stuff up. So if they you know, if their prerogative is they must leave Mandalore and go have more galaxy spanning adventures. You know, they're basically told go have a new, go have another season of the show. You know, that's that's how you handle an apprentice. Like, I'm okay with that. Going back to the more of the Western story yeah. of the week mm-hmm. stuff. That's cool. I kind of feel yeah. like in the story of the week is not always going to be them. It's mm. going to be. I, I think it's going to be more separated. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not going to be up the other Mandalorian butts anymore. They're. But they. Those people might be have their own episodes. Yeah. yeah, so that's fine with me. I really like the idea that Dave Filoni just hangs out in a in a Star Wars bar. 
having drinks all the he's time. He's gonna yeah. buy that. He's gonna buy that uh, hotel. If he <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll uh, right anybody else uh, sit around waiting for Boba Fett to uh, make an appearance during this? No. No. Really. I kept waiting on it. I I thought for sure all oh, they'll he'll show up in the at the last minute to blow something up or rescue somebody. But nope. Well, that's so Boba Fett. <laughs> that's the next season. That's so. <laughs> that's so Boba Fett. <laughs> uh. But so yeah, we had a great ending. You know, everybody is where they need to be, and then immediately the talk online is. All right, so did Moff Gideon die, or was that a clone who died? And it's like that that, that did definitely suck away some of the closure because now everyone's going to expect more Giancarlo Esposito, and like I, I don't know that we need anymore. Like his story is done. Yeah, basically. no, it was good. Leave it alone. And then I saw the 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 idea is is Snoke actually Gideon? Like. He was injured, you know, the his head mm. gets caved in or whatever, he gets mutated Whoa. somehow, or he's some twisted clone, like this could have been the origin of Snoke somehow. I'm like, I, That's again, a I don't reach. know that I don't know yeah. that we need any of that. Yeah. Not everybody not everything has to fit together like that. But yep. overall, I enjoyed the season, so I'm I'm much less familiar with all that Mando stuff, Darksaber stuff, Night Owl stuff. I I, I have no <laughs> background in that. And I still felt like I knew what was going on and was was uh, wasn't missing too much. So that's that's good mm. for a show that's able to do that to pay off this stuff for the super fans and still be entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> just as a week to week show. Yeah, I I really enjoyed season three. I I thought it was a you know as somebody that has watched a lot of that Clone Wars and Rebels and all that. Um, got me really got me really excited about about the Ahsoka series coming out here and uh and getting that more of the uh the ghost crew and 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 all those characters uh live action so and and I think they could still do a lot of fun stuff with another season of the Mandalorian of them just out having adventures I'm all for that they don't have to stick around Navarre and and Dave Filoni's bar or anything like that. And they can just go out and fight more pizza, the huts and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. More pizza, the huts. I agree. Yeah. I, I vote for that. Yeah. Dig it. All right. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> we got to talk about all that and we'll be back soon with more. Check out all our Facebook pages. Hmm. Patreon. And our Patreon for some fun bonus material for only $1 a month for your support. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, my name is Jordan. Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Bye. Forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. 
All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon-only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share. Think so. The only other thing I was I meant I was gonna talk. Uh, I got distracted in the beginning of the show. I was gonna mention uh, this past weekend. I uh, had a really busy weekend. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, it'll you know time will have passed a little bit. But but we went. Um, we we had that concert uh, in Cleveland last Friday night. Went to go took my daughter and uh, and her cousin. Um, they're both you know, the same age and, and we went to see Lizzo, um, which was a lot of fun and a really good show. Uh, Lotto was the opening act. She, she put on a great show, but my wife, Alicia was <laughs> immediately questioning. She's like, um, should we have brought kids to this? And I was like, Oh no, it's fine. They're 16 years old. They've, you know, they've heard, uh, nothing new here. Um, they haven't heard before, but, um, it was, it was funny because, as we were driving up to Cleveland Friday night, we uh, there was mention of, of the tickets and the seats. And I said, uh, I asked Alicia, I said, are you going to be okay? Because our seats are kind of high and they were not cheap in price at all. Um, but the floor tickets, of course, were going for like 500 bucks. So little did we know how high we were going to be up there. We were up in Loudville. If you've ever uh, been to a Cavs game or anything way up there, um, three rows remained behind us from the, from, from the, you know, the ceiling. So I am looking eye to eye at the, uh, at the Cavaliers championship banners, which was pretty cool. I took a picture, a couple pictures. I was like, that's awesome. Um, even if we're up this high, but as we started up those steps, Alicia, yeah, I could tell she was like, Oh, immediately. Like I didn't realize how, what, how straight of an angle this would be down. Um, cause she's scared of heights and, and tends to freak out on ladders and anything like that. And we were really high up there. Well, people uh, would just crowd surf you all the way down. Right. <laughs> it wouldn't take much and you would, uh, you'd be in for a ride. Um, but yeah, no, sometimes the, when you go to these concerts, sometimes, you know, when you get those crappy seats, the the shows can be even more fun. Um, just being up there, you know, we're up there with the other poor people and just having a good time and, and everybody's, uh, just jamming out and enjoying it. Um, but it was funny. Uh, we had seats like three through six and there were two 20 something, uh, women 
I was in seat three, uh, so they were sitting right next to me. And before the show kind of started, the the one kind of leans over and she goes, "Do you mind if I ask you a question?" I was like, "Yeah, what?" And she goes, um, "You don't look like the normal demographic for this show." She's like, "Did somebody drag you here?" She goes, "Because you don't." She goes, and she was right. It was a it was mostly females at the show. Um, by a large, large margin, uh, I was definitely in the minority, but she goes, you don't, you're, you're not female. You don't look to be gay. She goes, why are you here? And I was like, well, I was like, well, I like Lizzo too. I said, but I said, we brought, you know, teenagers with us. She's like, oh, okay. I get it. I get it. But, uh, as far as the show itself, um, it was pretty cool. It was, uh, it's sometimes it's fun to put ourselves in, in situations, um, that we're not used to or familiar with. And the positivity of this show was amazing. Um, the women, the girls from, of all ages, I saw grandmas there. I saw little kids there. Um, I saw some crazy, crazy outfits, uh, but they were all, it was just all so supportive and positive and full of good things that I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, that we came out after it was all over and just everybody was, there was no hostility in that, in that arena. It was amazing. So that was a really good thing. Um, spent the night in Cleveland and then, uh, the next day we got up, uh, slept in just a little bit, got up and drove to Columbus, Ohio. So we had a, had a room there in Columbus downtown, um, in that little neighborhood we like so much by the, uh, by the Columbus convention center. Cause my daughter had her, you know, the big volleyball tournament was on Sunday. So we had a day to spend, um, in Columbus and enjoying the things we like to do there. We did all the f- stuff I've mentioned before. We drove straight to uh, Dirty Frank's for lunch. Had some Dirty Frank's hot dogs. Uh, the girls hadn't been there before. And they absolutely loved the food. We had a few uh, really good drinks. And um, moseyed on over next door to that uh, 16-bit arcade uh, I've mentioned before in past episodes. Alicia and I relaxed, had a few more drinks. Um, I sent you guys pictures. I was playing the, uh, they have all the vintage uh, stand-up arcade games. So played uh, X-Men until until I beat it, um, which is a lot easier when you don't have to, you know, fill up full quarters. And uh, we went there. We played some Turtles in Time with the girls, had a great time. They, uh, They had a lot of fun there. So we did that. And, uh, then, um, our hotel was right down the street, right? Actually attached to the convention center. So we got checked in there, went down to big fun. I love big fun. Um, the store and of course it was a weekend. So it was really busy and tons of people in there, but, uh, I wanted, I had an idea. I wanted to go shop. Uh, I was looking for either a complete vintage Jabba playset. Or the Max Rebo band. That's what I was looking for, shopping for. Uh, I thought for sure, you know, that'd be the place to get it. So I went down. They had a really nice Jabba. Um, it was complete, except it was missing the little the little collar that attaches to the string. 
um, if anybody had that way back in the day. Which, of course, is not a cheap piece to come across if you can find it. And so I debated on that for a little while, talked to the owner, um, decided to go against that. He made me an offer on a vintage um, biker scout and speeder bike that I couldn't resist. So I did pick that up and some beater figures um, for fun and thanked him uh, for acknowledging our podcast uh, in the episode <laughs> Talked about uh, the last time I went down there, and uh, he said, "Oh yeah." He said, "What what show was that?" And I told him, you know, Kapow. And he says, "Oh, I remember that. I remember that post." And he thanked us for mentioning them and and you know free advertising and this and that. So um, they are. I I caught uh, a little bit of a conversation. Uh, they're trying to help promote the upcoming. PowerCon that's coming back to Columbus here in, uh, I believe, August this year. So went to that last year with our buddy Russ and uh, and my son. Uh, I think we're going to go back this year. Uh, just had an absolute ball there last year. Seth, you you stopped by there um, when yep. last year, and uh, so we did that. And uh, what else did we do? We 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 did a lot of food. Um, we had a little bit of time, so we wanted to snack, uh, after we had had hot dogs. And so we walked over to North market. I said, Hey, let's go get some ice cream and stopped by the little ice cream booth, had a bunch of different flavors and they had a little sign and said, Hey, you can get a, you can get an ice cream flight, like a flight of beer, you know, taste, uh, the different flavors. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And, uh, so I walked up there and said, Hey, I, I think I want, uh, we're going to get one of those ice cream flights. And he's like, Oh, okay. Do you want, um, all the flavors that come with it? Or do you want to switch them out? And I'm like, I don't know how many can I switch out? And he goes, well, you get 10. And I, I thought, Oh, little cups of ice cream. That's a, that's a, you know, a lot of tasting 10 different flavors. And it ended up being 10 scoops, full scoops of ice cream. So the four or five of us, four of us, sorry, four of us, uh, shared 10 scoops of ice cream for our snack, ate every bit of it. It was wonderful. And, uh, then, uh, went back to the hotel, met, met up with my parents who had come up for the tournament, stopped down at Mikey's late night slice, uh, took we, them for the first time. We did, we did it all. all. We did all the food. Um, <laughs> Always good. Always excellent. Uh, enjoyed that. The girls loved Mikey's. Um, Carly's been there before a couple times. She she knew what to expect, but they were they were digging the music um, and having a good time. Enjoyed the pizza. And, uh, yeah, we did all the things and had the big tournament Sunday. Over 100 courts playing at once. Um... Last year, Carly's team, she played with some different girls for the most part. We were all the way down in the kryptonite bracket last year. Um, ended up going to the uh, uh, to the end in the kryptonite bracket. But this year, um, fared much better. We, were, uh, we knew we were placed somewhere between the gold and copper bracket, which is, you know, gold's the highest. Um had a pretty good day beat played some really tough teams regional teams 16 and under and ended up at the end tournament time in the bronze uh bracket 
and they won the bronze bracket. Um, or I'm sorry, came in second. We got silver in the in the bronze bracket. Um, got down to the very last game, and our uh, our starting middle uh, got hurt. Was out there on one ankle, kind of took the uh, momentum away from us. But man, they played great. Had an absolute wonderful time. Such a great group group of girls and the coaches. Um, might be probably going to be the last time that group plays together. So they were full of tears at the end, but so excited. We went, uh, her team went from 44th in the region ranking in one day, all the way to the 18th. We finished 18th in the, uh, Ohio Valley region, which covers Ohio, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania and jumped up over two dozen spots. And man, it was a great day. So happy for her. She's still excited. She got her medal best we've ever finished and um and uh just really positive weekend but man i was tired afterwards <laughs> by the time we got home how do you it, eat that much food and then go play oh man i tell you uh, the, those girls uh i hand it to them they put the effort into it um but yeah yeah uh we just it, it was so much fun uh and I'm very thankful for the opportunity to get to do that this year because I haven't always been able to go to the OVRs, which are a big deal when you when you spend months and months playing and practicing and all the work that goes into it, and it finally paid off this year. So, super exciting. Um, go check it out it, if you're going to a con. Um, Columbus Animate. What's what's the what's that one coming up? Here Animate. Soon? animate the Columbus Convention Center put on by the same people that do GalaxyCon, correct? Yep. So that's coming up pretty soon. Um PowerCon's coming up this summer and uh and then GalaxyCon will be uh in the fall. So lots of fun things to look forward to. I can't wait to get up there again and and do all that stuff. Did Lizzo, did Lizzo bring Grogu with her? I thought she would for sure. She did not. Play a flute? <laughs> she, oh, there was a lot of flute playing. A lot of flute playing, guys. I oh would ask gosh. for my money back if there were. <laughs> so. 